Hi there and welcome to Tailfire's Influence Lab. We've uploaded all the audio recordings of our courses here, but for the full experience, please head to learn.tailfire.com. Thanks and enjoy. Welcome to the Influence Hub. This is a platform set up by Tailify, the influence marketing agency, to help brands, marketers, and anyone with an interest better understand influence and how to apply it within your business. This is the first of a four-part series to understand what is the influence economy. And I'm joined today by Ian Randolph, who is our head of product and R&D at Tailify. He is going to be taking us through what is the influence economy. So Ian, please could you just start off with an introduction about yourself. Sure. So uh, I joined Tailify in the past year, and my background is at the intersection of data, psychology, and software development. For the last 10 years, I've been building cutting-edge products uh, at that intersection. And uh, previously, my uh, ignominious claim to fame was um, helping to build the algorithms uh, that helped to win the uh, election for Brexit and Trump uh, with Cambridge Analytica. So I'm now trying to redeem myself by using the power of data and psychology for good. And I am so excited to be doing that here at Tailify. Amazing. So Ian, take us through step one. What is the influence economy? The influence economy, that is a wonderful question. The influence economy is the future of the economy. And it's already here, as William Gibson said, it's just not widely distributed. And the signs that are already here, that it's already here is primarily that we're seeing CPAs cost per acquisition rise across most other channels. And this is the main reason why brands come to us. It used to be super cheap and profitable to acquire customers on Google through AdWords or Facebook through their ad platforms. And somehow that's not the case anymore. Now, the answer to that question uh, hides the secrets to what is really the nature of and what's driving the influence economy. And understand the influence economy and why that's happening, you have to understand the nature of influence itself. So I want you all to indulge an experiment with me. Imagine now, which three people in your life have influenced you most? Who comes to mind? Now, if you're like me, uh, and if you're like most of the people I've asked, who will come to mind will most likely be, say, a teacher, maybe a parent, maybe a friend, maybe someone you follow on social media who you particularly trust. But you're probably not going to come up with an ad uh, or perhaps a major news network. Uh, you're not going to come up with effectively paid media. Now, what is the difference? Because you've, of course, paid attention to ads. You've seen them. Well, they may have our attention, but they don't have our trust. And the difference between having your attention and trust is really a difference between being uh, influential uh, or merely being annoying. And so the nature of influence is trust plus attention. And what we're seeing is that the media, which used to hold our attention, have effectively lost our trust, particularly with well, perhaps some of the contributions that I may have made indirectly to that in uh, Google or in particularly Facebook being less trustworthy uh, that, than it used to be. Uh, people are simply filtering out ads uh, like never before. 
ad blockers, over 50% of people uh, use an ad blocker today. And that's just the direct way. The indirect way is, of course, psychologically, that it's very easy to move past ads and, and to not trust them once you realize that the people, or once you come to the belief that the people who are giving you these ads are not necessarily uh, trustworthy. And so it used to be that attention was sufficient because attention and trust were combined. Um, we didn't know what we know today about Google and Facebook. And effectively, there wasn't that much choice in the world. You know, there were the main platforms, there was major media sources. And because there wasn't much choice, things were trusted. They were trusted by default. But with the explosion of influencers, particularly over the past five years, over 100 million influencers to choose from, uh, according to one social database, now we have infinite choice, infinite ways to consume information and to find out about news, about products, about services that we care about. And with all of this diversity, now we have simply found, or we are increasingly finding more and more trustworthy sources of information. And that is reducing the trust in, the, in these legacy platforms. So now, effectively the influence which these platforms used to have were used to as a brand you could just buy your way into people's hearts and minds because these platforms were trusted now it has been dispersed in the social graph now the question is where did that influence go because that influence that trust plus attention is what you need to grow your brand if all you have is attention you simply cannot get the conversions that you used to. You simply cannot get the behavior change that you need. So you need that influence. And that influence is now that rare, valuable, scarce resource, which every brand needs to grow. And it is limited. There is a limited amount of influence in the world. If you are a car brand and you have all of the major car influencers that are supporting your brand, that land grab is taken. It's just not going to, it, it's going to be very difficult to take the hearts and minds of those influencers and therefore those audiences. So influence is the new oil of the marketing world and indeed further beyond. And in order to thrive in that influence economy, you have to understand the nature of influence. You have to understand where it is. Where is the influence that you need to grow? Who are the people that you need to be talking to who have the audiences that you need to be moving? Those are questions which you never needed to ask with traditional advertising, but it's the questions you now need to ask if you want to work with and wield influence as so many have done successfully and so many have done unsuccessfully. So like in any economy, will there be winners and losers in the influence economy? Absolutely, that's a really great question. Um, every change, every shift in society uh, produces a schism of those who figured it out and ride the wave and those who are simply swept away and left behind. And, and sadly, what we're seeing is, is most are, are in that latter category. And these are those who are playing the old game of raising big budgets and buying, making big media buys and just really forcing themselves onto the attention uh, of the masses. And what we're finding is that uh, that may raise awareness, but it just doesn't cross that bridge from awareness to real consideration and preference and love to eventually uh, conversion and purchase. Now, if you want to win in the influence economy, uh, you, you have to understand that there is a double consent. That when you are working with an influencer as a brand, um, that influencer has to consent to working with you. 
and the audience has to consent to working with that influencer. And that influencer could very easily say no to you and turn you off. And the audience could very easily say no to that influencer and turn them off. So there is a, there's a double obligation there, uh, a double consent that keeps the system honest to the aspirations of the audience member, both the influencer, because they're dependent upon their audience in a very special way, and the brands are truly accountable in a way that they just don't get when they're just buying paid media. So the, the wonderful thing about this influence economy is that the brands that will win are not just the ones with the biggest budgets, but the ones with the fullest hearts, the ones who can truly move and connect with influencers and their audience. And we've seen some wonderfully successful examples. Gymshark is, is one of the classic examples in the industry. Uh, just reached a billion dollar valuation this year. It's only been in the market of seven years. Uh, and it's, they're a gym, they're a gym clothing brand. And this is a, you think it'd be a relatively saturated and commodified space, but they managed to build an incredible business based almost exclusively on influencer marketing by getting some of the best athletes and even some, some of the ones that are not so widely known, not like a Nike style to promote their, to promote their brand and to promote their products. And they've just created an incredible business off of the back of that because they, they truly share themselves and their authentic values with their audience through influencers who also share their values. Just buying their attention it would not have gotten nearly the same results. So how does one become a Gymshark as opposed to just throwing a whole bunch of money down the toilet, either into influencers who you don't really know and who, and who don't share your values, or on the other side, the classical strategy of going for uh, just purely paid media, um, how do you do that? Uh, well, that's really what we at Tailify are here to help you figure out how to win in the influence economy. Amazing. So uh, we mentioned this is part one of a four part series. Uh, what can we expect to learn in the next three parts? Well, it's really about how to win in the influence economy and how to win in the influence economy really entails three steps. And it's, it's about how it's about solving the three biggest challenges in successful influencer marketing. And these parallel the three stages of an influencer marketing campaign. Challenge number one is how do you find the right influencers, which is massive. Challenge number two is, okay, once you've found the right influencers, okay, how do you work with them? And challenge number three is, okay, once you've found the right influencers and worked with them to produce wonderful creative, hopefully, how do you actually measure your ROI in a way which is sustainable and which allows you to learn and grow and to become that category leader that you can become through the power of influence. And I can't wait to share it with you. Amazing. So definitely hitting all three of the biggest challenges of influence marketing there. So do tune in. We'll pop in the second video here. And we're excited to understand what is the influence economy with Ian Randolph, head of product and R&D at Tailify. As that's one of the things that our research has found uh, to be a great predictor of an influencer brand collaboration success, does an influencer share your core values? So for instance, Thanks so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed that episode. Please do share and give us a like and head to learn.tailify.com for more content.